Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Look at it. It's Sir, absolutely I see Bobby on a jumper. I see wayward hair. <laughs> oh, I mean, come on. I have five people, baby. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Right. Oh, right. Sorry. Oh, right. Sorry. Okay. Are you recording yet? No, no. Oh, right. Okay. Well, that was what I wanted to know because, yes. Oh, introduce. Is that what you want me to do? Hello. Well, I'm not doing the welcome, to be honest, with Jojo and Bruce, because if they're listening, like I said before, then they know they're here. Isn't it pointless? It's a pointless exercise. So all I'm going to say is, hi, Michelle McManus. Hello. How are you? Lovely Hello. to see you. Hello, my love. How are you? It's lovely, lovely to see you both in chat. I know. I was just, we were having a little chat off off screen about um, Harry putting things into Jack's and that'll make no sense at all, will it? <laughs> Harry we just bring everyone up to speed? Sue, you're a mother, is that correct? I am a mother, Sue. I have, we should probably say why we call each other yeah, Sue. I'm a, 100%. <laughs> we've confused before we, everyone. Before we the topic of my two-year-old son, like mm-hmm. just lodging things on your phones and stuff like that, maybe we should cover why we call each other Sue. Do you know why we call each other Sue? I genuinely have no idea, but I do realise that it's very confusing that you call each other Sue. How does that, why? So we, years and years ago, when Bruce and I both worked on The Hour, on mm-hmm. STV, the, Sue Lawrence was our chef uh, on the show, and we just both fell madly in love with her because she was incredible, and, and she was just, it wasn't just what she baked, and she was incredible at baking, and that really appealed to Bruce and I, I mean, you can decide <laughs> why that was, but it really appealed to Bruce and I, especially more me, but, um, but she was amazing on the show, and we kind of became obsessed with her. Uh, and we loved her. So I, out of nothing but adoration, we, we and you know, just complete affection, we then began to refer to ourselves as Sue. And that was it. So I'm Sue and he's Sue. And it kind of works, I promise it does. Well, I've heard you in conversation before, and bizarrely it does work. And mm-hmm. I know which Sue is talking to which Sue at any given time of well, Sue. we're both <laughs> alphas. <laughs> we're both alpha I mean, Sues. He give, Bruce gives everyone nicknames Jojo. So, for example, my husband, Jeff, was Kate Middleton because he just basically was useless. He said at the side, silent, <laughs> pointless. Well, no, it was the fact that he'd signed his life away because... Oh, well, he'd signed his life away. Kate well, has yeah, no access to her family. She's locked in the... <laughs> Bailiston compound for Christmas whereas if she was the real Kate it would be Sandringham but Kate then went on a health kick and now I call him Vera Veggie oh wow because he's, he's a vegetarian so yeah he's Vera Veggie but he's got nicknames for all my mates for everyone and only when he calls me Michelle I know he's being really serious and he'll say to me no, look this is a Michelle moment not a Sue and I'm like alright okay oh. I can sit up and take, take notice up. of what's been said 
It's not really about fishing my career out the pan. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, who well, we've, there over the well, we've got years. a new name for you. We've nicknamed you Bop, which is Bob. short for box office poison, haven't well, we? Well, absolutely. <laughs> I know. Well, I know Bob, you were, Bob sounds lovely. I know box were, office poison, not so much. Well, Sue was recently in a book. And I was recently I was. in a documentary, but fell on the cutting room floor. <laughs> not naming names, Camden Bar, Cancel Culture. And he is not letting it go, Michelle. He I've is still not got the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. As long as you've got the money. Um, we want to find out how you are. I know because I haven't smoked with you for ages. I think the last time we were in a pub in Rose Street. Do you remember that? Oh, I oh, I mean, I loved meeting you in a pub, Jojo. It was always going to be a good night if I met you. <laughs> if I, you met me, it was one of those things. You used to join the Edinburgh Festival. Can you believe um, two and a half years after it? I know. That's crazy. Not touched it. I never thought I would ever. I mean, I love alcohol. I still love alcohol. It was such a huge part of my life. Oh, sorry. Hang yes, on a minute. No, she wasn't getting that at all. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, she I thought you meant the fringe. I thought two and a half years off the fringe. I didn't, oh, no, I mean, I've been. Stop your actual self. What do you mean you've stopped drinking? I've. Well, you've been and pregnant, so, so that might be part of it. But I, I deliberately, she doesn't like to that, talk about it. Pregnant a lot of that time, but I just felt, Jojo, I just got to a point where I loved booze, and I, but booze just didn't love me, and really? I just felt that I was getting, it was just becoming more and more frequent when I was waking up in the morning and going, I don't remember what I said, I don't remember where I'd been, I don't remember what I'd done, and the kind of fun went out a wee bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I never really did anything horrendously bad. It was just how it was making me feel, and I was actually quite, scared to give up because it was such a huge part of my identity of going out and I didn't really know how to socialise without it. I didn't actually really know if I wanted to be a person without it because mm-hmm. I loved, you know, I loved that feeling of cracking open a bottle and going for a drink and all that kind of stuff. And then the kind of decision was taken out of my hands because when I fell pregnant with Harry, of course, you'd be quit drinking. Well, and actually, some of us do. Yeah, you know, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I did stop drinking. In commas, we quit drinking. Um, but and just and it just that kind of took care of itself. And I think mm. when I came off the booze and I realised, you know, how nice Saturday mornings were without, you know, without being hungover and stuff like that. And I, I never went back on it, and I I haven't went back on it, and I don't really know if I ever will. Kind of thing. I mean, never say never. It wasn't that I had, uh, you know, it's not again that I didn't really enjoy it, but I really love my life off it, yeah. and it's actually changed my life a wee bit coming off it. That's but, really interesting. But it is interesting in, in Scotland particularly. I think the UK as a whole, but in Scotland, people are like, well, you're not drinking, you brought the car. Why have you done that? Mm-hmm. Well, you can just have oh, 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 no, come on now. But can I tell you, Bruce, there's something changing because, see, you are so dead right. I have to say, like, Mark, Jeff said to me, I think we've only been, so Jeff and I have been together seven years, so I think we were only together, like, two years. And Jeff was never one for, he was all or nothing, like, when he was drinking, because he's off it as well. He's quit. We've both quit. We quit wow. at different times. Like, mm-hmm. he quit after me. It's not that Sue's and controlling. I... This was, this was <laughs> <biggest> choice. <laughs> Jeff, has, Jeff has decided, by the power of Michelle, not to drink yeah. anymore. Poor Vera, <laughs> she can't Jeff. have a steak. She can't have a Beaujolais. Poor Jeff. Poor Jeff. That is not at all the case. But, um, but we, he, I remember he said to me, like, we were only two years in a relationship. He's like, I think I'm going to quit. I can't be bothered drinking. And for me, instantly, I was like, oh, you know, who am I going to drink with? I don't want you to quit I want you to stay on it and when I first quit drinking and, and I didn't everyone expected me to go back on it after mm-hmm. I'd had Harry Bruce is so right it was so difficult because they were like why are you not drinking because it was such a big part of my identity but I'm telling you I don't know whether it's been the pandemic or whatnot, but something has changed more and more people I think are either A accepting it or B not drinking themselves because they've maybe drank so much through the pandemic whatever the reasons are mm-hmm. and the, and the non-alcoholic market has moved on so much like honestly see this kind of journey that we've went on 
discovering non-alcoholic beverages. I mean, some of it tastes like, I don't know, can I swear on this podcast? Yeah, I don't yes. know if I can. Some of it tastes like absolute piss water. It's, you know, it's terrible. That's and dreadful others, swearing. You should be ashamed of yourself. Swearing, I know, sorry, is that, I know is it's that holy piss water? <laughs> that's holy, holy, holy piss water or from the fires of hell, I don't know. But um, we... Thrush so, in a can. But, <laughs> but, but we've discovered we've discovered so many amazing non-alcoholic options that it's almost kind of been really easy. Not so we still drink. We just don't drink alcohol. So I mean, I still pour myself a glass of wine. I'll still have a beer. But it's all non-alcoholic. Again, I, it's not, but again, it's not for everyone. Like I love drinking, and I love still socialising my pals at drink. I love going to like you know if I go to a pub or an event or whatever. It's just where I am in my life, that's all. So that doesn't bother you then if people are getting pissed around you and you're still sober? Because that's the thing that annoys me. I wouldn't mind being sober, but I can't bear with being with people when they're pissed if I'm not pissed with them. Weirdly, people are never as drunk as you think they are. So when you're drunk, <laughs> you always think everyone's absolutely steaming, but actually when you're sober, people are never as drunk as they think they are. Mm. And also you get this kind of placebo effect because if I'm standing with a glass of wine or a beer or something, I kind of feel like at the end of the night, I'm like... Giddy. Oh my god! Should I get in the car? Have I been drinking? Because I feel like I've been wrapped up and involved in the whole process, you know. And like, even if Jeff and I like, we still do a Friday night, you know, when the kids are in bed. Like I'll still get my wee like non-alcoholic uh, drink out and pour it in the same glass I would have taken a drink in, and he'll crack open a beer. And we still feel like this is adult time. We are sitting down. We're mm-hmm. having a drink. And again, it's just and also the flip side is we've got two babies under two, right? So you you try to go up in function the next day when you're hungover so it's easier now not to drink you know I'm not saying I'll never go back to it I don't know if I'll ever go back to it I can't see myself going back to it the now put it that way I have to say that is as a parent that is the one thing I you know being hungover and trying to, especially to look after children that are still it's difficult is, it's horrendous it's absolutely horrendous I'm surprised sometimes that my children are still alive some of the- <laughs> Some of the sofas I had to just lie on and just let them, well, put pseudocreme on the cat and pizza in the oh. video recorder. Do you know what I mean? So I think that happened whilst I was watching them. But I also, but, th- I think as well, the other thing is when you wake up in the morning with your memory, you know when you're so drunk and you don't remember what you said, but it gets drip-fed back to you throughout the course oh, of the, the day. Oh, it's the worst. It's and torture. And it is horrible. And sort of six o'clock and I go, oh my God. But I you know what I think's worse? Mm. I think what's worse is just when you're really good pals. Well, honestly... You weren't that bad, and you just know no. that you were even worse than what you had imagined. Yeah. But they just they just don't want to be cruel and tell you. Mm-hmm. Again, this is not for everyone, you know. I, you know, I would never force just because I don't drink. You know, I'm not one for saying to folks you should quit. Absolutely not. I mean, if you enjoy alcohol and you've got a good relationship with alcohol, you should absolutely. You know, and everyone's got their own choices. It's just for me personally and where I am in my life, it really works. Good. So. And as long as you haven't become pious with it, do you know these people? You, you no, know, never, right. never, never, Otherwise never. We couldn't would, be never friends. would want to do that. Oh, no. <laughs> I would never wear that either. So, putting your past as a pox ridden harlot party girl to one side, <laughs> you're now a parent. Now, I know you don't like talking about it because you rarely mention it. And it's always fun to say, oh, hi, I've had two children. Yep, yeah, and it was your choice. Do one. Um, where do you see the next incarnation of yourself and your career going, if you see what I mean? So, actually, that's something I've been thinking about quite a lot because the way that my career goes just now is that I'm really lucky that I work for BBC, you know, doing Our Lives and we've got a new show, Essentia Scotland's People. Um, and then the weekends are really big for me because that's what I do all my kind of live events, so mm-hmm. all my kind of big corporate events. That my real, they're my real big money earners at the weekend. So 
I came down on a Friday night, a Saturday ladies' lunch, Saturday night, and then a Sunday ladies' lunch, you know, and a real bumper weekend. And that for me now, I'm looking at that kind of prospect and thinking to myself, I've got two babies. A, I probably really need to do that because I want to provide and I want to have a lovely life. And But B, you know, also then, so the, the other side of that is I don't want to be away from the kids because Jeff's working Monday to Friday and then I'm away all weekend. Um, what does so Jeff do? Jeff's a mechanical engineer. Oh, so okay. he... I mean, this is like Chandler Bing here, Jojo. It's taken me seven years to learn just a couple of lines of what he does. I mean, it's something to do with ventilation, <laughs> which he gets very excited about, and radiators. Radiators really excite my husband. I wow. can't tell you why. See, it's funny. Opening... I always thought he was involved in kitchens because no. my extended family would go, what, what is Vera? What is Kate doing? Yeah. I'm like, I want to say kitchen fitter, designer. Because yeah. <laughs> um, I remember the first time I met Vera was on the south. So we were going to the Glad Cafe. You were hosting, yeah. I was hosting. (laughs) It was a dreadful show, not because I was on names after this. Um, (laughs) And that was the first night that I met Kate, Vera, whatever you want to call him. And I thought he did quite well. Because mm-hmm. do you know what um, C said to me? She went, So this is Jeff. And I went, Oh, hello, Jeff. I went, You know, I have a newfound sympathy for you. <laughs> and uh, she went like that. Do you know what Jeff says about me? And I'm like, I can only imagine. <laughs> she went, Jeff thinks I'd make a really good boss. And I went, You realise that's not a compliment. You're <laughs> <laughs> slightly domineering, my dear. <laughs> but the thing is, he wasn't fritzled into this. This is choice of his own volition. Absolutely. He's not kept in the Santa flow under the stairs. <laughs> no, yeah. No, no yeah. yeah. I remember. I remember my husband, well, ex-husband now, you know I've split up with Monk, so anyway, long story. Um, he'd said uh, something about being on some uh, conference call to America, and my friend said to me, what does is, what is Monk do? I've been t- I've been with him seven years, and I was like, actually, I've no idea. I knew he went to an <laughs> office, and that's all I knew. I still don't know what he, he did. He, uh, just a senior engineer, so he, he's off tools, I know that much, and he'll design things and go on site and work for clients and stuff like that, and Again, it's all about ventilation. Like, he gets really excited when he walks into a building and he's like, did you see those radiars? Can wow. I tell you how, you know? And I'm like, no, don't bother. Just you keep that to yourself. That's fine. It's amazing and what he, floats other people's boats, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's all about the ventilation and heating and and, and he's uh, he's actually talking to us actually about how we can be greener, you know, getting these, like, kind of air heating pumps or something installed and instead of, instead of, I don't know, renewable energy, all this kind of stuff. It's really exciting in this house, Jojo. We don't drink. We barely eat meat and we talk about ventilation. But I love every minute of Aww, it, I'm telling you. That sounds great. Um, what I'm interested as well, you're saying about performing and having those bumper weekends, the bread and butter of the business. Yeah. Then how did the restrictions and things impact you? Did you Were you able to perform over Zoom? or? Oh, no, mass- he COVID creeps me out whenever I mention anything about COVID because <laughs> I'm obsessed. But no, I'm in a cupboard. I <laughs> have no interest. <laughs> The pandemic massively affected us. Mm-hmm. I mean, hugely affected us. We were really lucky in the sense that we had saved Julie hard because I think Harry was like six weeks when we went into lockdown. So I knew I wanted to take like a year off and be that whole kind of earth mother and, you know, take some time off. And I'd worked really hard kind of leading up to do that. So we had saved, saved, saved and, and made sure that we could, we could afford for me to take a year off my work. Mm-hmm. So we had that kind of cushion of those savings. But as the pandemic went on and on and on and on and the savings kind of dwindled and, you know, we were living, you know, Jeff's wage was, was amazing. But I started to really panic like everyone did. And, you know, Bruce and I spoke about this kind of extensively and it was just, See, Bruce, okay. Sue, oh, it's yes, it's serious. Because it's a serious See, I do it. I don't even think when I do it. Mm-hmm. I just do it automatically. But like everyone, you know, at some point, if you're not working for long periods of time, 
And also, let's be honest, Jojo, before I had fell pregnant with Harry, me and Jeff were out all the time. Any mm. money we earned, and we were really lucky, we both got amazing jobs. We blew it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We got we had a we had a three day bender up in Mali getting wedded up Mali having our wedding. It was free bar the whole weekend, you know, we took everyone up there. We did a Glasgow wedding that like four hundred and odd people at it. We bought a house, we did all this kind of stuff. So as much as we had savings, we all we are, we don't keep our money, we spend our yeah. money. So kind of towards the pan and I'm saying towards I'm hoping we're actually into the pandemic. It started to get to the point where I'm like, I need to get back to work now. Like everyone, I need to get back. I need to start earning again. I want to get those savings back up. I don't want to be in this position where I'm really panicking about where where am I going to go back to work again? Mm-hmm. You know, I was really fortunate to, you know, to work through and record from home for doing my shows for the BBC. But again, to go back to those big kind of money earners, those big kind of live events yeah. in front of an audience. Um, and also you 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 forget your stagecraft a wee bit if you're not out doing it every week. You guys know better than anyone, right? Sometimes you'll go out there and do this amazing show and you probably think, I don't really remember much of what I said and did because it's it's actually just muscle memory and it's stagecraft and you have that. But if you're not doing it week in and week out, you will lose it. Yeah. Like I've got a couple of events I'm working uh, in the next couple of weeks and I'm actually quite nervous about going back out again because I'm like, God, I haven't done this for so long. I forget what I'm supposed to do and what I'm supposed to say. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm extremely grateful that they are coming back, but very nervous about the fact that am I going to remember to do it because it was, it's been two years since mm-hmm. I've done anything like that. So yeah, the pandemic, the pandemic hit us like everyone, for sure. I mean, we were not sitting here, you know, singing Imagine All the People, like all those A-list celebrities in their big massive houses. Yeah. Like we were, we were with everyone else, like kind of panicking, thinking. Crying into like, your super noodles. Yeah, yeah and, and your super noodles, Sue. I was, um, when first going back sort of to live events, not so much at home doing Zoom gigs and stuff, but mm-hmm. definitely starting a, starting a joke and then going, oh, how, how does this end? Mm-hmm. And forgetting how, you know, going, oh, th- just the wording of it. Do you ever forget the words to your songs? Uh, the older I get, it starts to happen, yeah, mm-hmm. which is probably not a good sign, but I think it's because I just get so complacent. I don't think it's because I forgot them. I think it's because my mind wanders too easily now, and I think that always tends to happen. See, when I've done loads of kind of, because the thing is, if I'm when I'm doing live events, it's you know, it can be anything from ladies' lunches to award ceremonies, but they always want me to sing at the end, which mm-hmm. is lovely. Mm-hmm. And I'll do the singing. And I think sometimes if I know I've got, especially if I've got a ladies' lunch during the day and I've got maybe another gig on at night, my mind starts to wonder about did I pack my magic pants in that bag for the stress <laughs> that I'm wearing tonight? And have I got a fresh, have I got a clean pair of tights? I've got a big rip up the back of these ones and all that. And you're in the middle of singing a song and you, you forget, which is terrible. That shows how professional I'm that I'm not actually focused on what I'm doing. Yeah, sometimes you get a mind blank because you know you learn so many songs and you learn so many routines and jokes and a lot of yours will be off the cuff as well but mm-hmm. you do you sometimes forget like how can I not know this I've sang it a million times thankfully it doesn't happen too often but it has happened on the other occasion do you think as a mother you will ever go back and do a run at the fringe Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Um, I don't know, and that really upsets me, actually, because the fringe, I think, I, I can't, I, there's, there's probably about two or three moments in my life that have been life-changing like hugely life-changing pop idol but you know i don't like to talk about so pop idol well actually no i do want to ask a question about pop idol because obviously we've known each other for a long time and i knew you when you won pop idol Mm -hmm. but i actually i don't know how that how did that even come about how why did you enter what happened well it was a long time ago when she won okay (laughs) i'm interested as to why she did it though did somebody suggest it no because I, i don't think i had a clue you would ever work out I mean, so I, I, the thing about Pop Idol was is that I had never seen anything like it before. It was 2001 or 2002 when Will, Will and Gareth had, were on the show. I was working in a pub on a Saturday night, so I'd missed all these, all this kind of Pop Idol build-up. And that's the thing about Pop Idol. It was pre, you know, social media, mm-hmm. complete, lo, years before that. And if you didn't catch it on a Saturday night, you didn't see it. There was no catch-up or anything. And I happened to be off one Saturday towards the end. I think it was round about the final uh, and saw Will and Gareth, and I thought, oh my God, how have I not seen this talent show that you can just go on and sing and you might get a record deal? Because I always sang in pubs and workingmen's clubs and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I was really drunk one night, as in all the major decisions in my life I had been at that point, <laughs> I was blitzed. And the number came up the bottom of the screen saying, look, if you want to be on this show, give it a call. Gave it a call, got uh, accepted to go along for an audition. I never thought in my wildest dreams, Jojo, that I would ever ever win it never mind even get past the judges but pop idol was a start for me mm-hmm. it was so instrumental it was something i'm so proud of like i never look back at that experience and go that was a nightmare look what happened to me i never got the, the big record deal i never got the success that all these other artists have had pop idol was incredible for me it completely changed my life it allowed me i mean it's nearly 19 years ago and i'm sitting talking mm-hmm. to you and bruce about all the things that I've done over 90 years and all the things that have still yet to come, none, zero would have been possible um, for reasons that, you know, I, I can go on and chat mm-hmm. about later on. But that that was something that happened to me in 2003. And then I met Bruce in kind of 2007, 2008, um, fell in love with him instantly because he was just that kind of person. You know, sometimes when you meet people in life, it's like, they're, it's like that book, the five people you meet in heaven or whatever it's mm-hmm. called. I mean, I'm not that I think Bruce is ever going to heaven, never. In a <laughs> oh, God, right? no. I can say that, no, no, I can no. say that as a Catholic, right? Bruce he's driving us all to hell. Yeah, yeah you'll all be there. He's <laughs> but, but what had happened was that I lost, when we found out SCV, so then I got the job at the hour. The hour was great because between kind of 2003 and 2009 when I got the job on the hour, I was just kind of 
you know, living in London, mm-hmm. living off all this money that I'd won from Pop Idol, but not really doing very much because I was kind of seen as a kind of flop idol. I hadn't made it. I was doing things like Eurovision and stuff like that. Got the job on the hour. The hour changed everything. That was like huge for me. Myself and Stephen Jardin, it started off, you know, with so many. I mean, we ended up getting like a quarter million viewers a day. It was huge. Bruce was on the hour and then it all ended again. Like everything in life, these things last a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I kind of found myself kind of 2011, 2012, doing panto at the pavilion, which I loved, by the way, absolutely loved, but not having a, any real sense of what do I do next. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm a singer, but I'm not a singer because I don't have a regular deal. I was a TV presenter, but I'm not a TV presenter because I don't have a TV show. Nobody's shutting on my door. Nobody's offering me work. It just wasn't happening. It's despite when I was out about going, yeah, I've got loads of opportunities coming up. I didn't. And I was sitting in British's flat one night and he, he had kind of said to me, you should make your own work. And then a couple, of, I was like, I don't really know how to do that. And he said, well, you do. And then a couple of weeks later, Bruce and I were in a wee pub called the Newtown Bar on Dublin Street in Edmund, which is sadly no longer there. And mm-hmm. it was an amazing bar. And we had been doing um, Waverly Care uh, kind of fundraiser. Oh, I'm sure Nancy, oh, yes. Nancy yes, was I've on stage that. with us yes. as well. And we, we were doing this Waverly Care fundraiser uh, with lovely Jimmy Quinn, who was such a generous guy and, and, you know, always kind of facilitated these kind of charity events to happen. And at that point, Jimmy had got a phone call and said, oh, we've been accepted as a, a venue for the Friends. They were like venue 921 mm-hmm. or something. And it was Stephen uh, Martin at the time that was there. And he said, look, you should put on a, a one-woman show. And Bruce and I kind of looked at each other and just like, well, why don't you? I'll write it. And we'll just you know we'll do something and because of that one tiny moment I then had the next seven years of my life Mm -hmm. doing this show at the Edinburgh Festival and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger and it was for a very specific audience I mean it was storytelling it wasn't stand-up comedy it was absolutely taking the piss out myself it was you know this woman who had had her 15 minutes of fame and she didn't know they were up basically I've seen your shows and I absolutely love them because exactly because of that is self-deprecating and I don't know yeah I don't know what I was expecting Wouldn't when I saw the show. Would you like to know what my writer's fee for the first one was? I'd a litre of Hendrix gin. What was it? <laughs> it was. There was wow. no money no, in the pot. There, because there was no money. We, mm-hmm. I didn't have any money. We hadn't, we hadn't sold a ticket yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I said, Bruce, are we going to do this? And, and I think it worked so well because Bruce knew me inside out by that point. So we had been we had kind of clicked in 2007. And by 2012, 2013, Bruce and I were just, in sync, we spoke mm-hmm. every day on the phone as we still do. We, he was just like you know my my brother. Like he was just like someone I could confide in and be really raw and honest with. He got me, I got him, and and when so we, he was writing for me. He was really writing for me. Yeah. He wasn't writing for himself. Even though some of the mannerisms and stuff that I've adopted on stage are are Bruce <laughs> now, you know, just with the way he says things. But it just sometimes in life when you meet someone and it just worked we got each other and the writing worked and it worked for our audience it, i mean there's lots of people that have came to see my show because you know it's like the fringe is an amazing place but it can be really bitchy as well yeah. and i've had comedians standing and addressing them with me going you know basically just slagging the show <laughs> just not you know basically saying it's it's not my kind of thing or you know it's really kind of it's something you would see an elaine c smith punter coming to see which i think you know Elaine smith's amazing she's absolutely here dorothy polish all that kind of stuff it wasn't for them but for our audience and for the people that we were targeting, mm-hmm. it was absolutely for them. And then we had went from the Newtown Bar to um, the, the Stand. The, the Yurt, yes. yes. Yeah, the the uh, Stand to the, the Tragic Gazebo well, in the back garden the of Harvey Nichols. <laughs> that was it. That was it. 
and we went and the stand picked us up and then we went on from there and again that's the kind of if it hadn't been for the the Edinburgh Festival but if it hadn't been for the Edinburgh Festival I wouldn't I don't think I would have got the jobs then because someone from the BBC came to see it and that's how I got on BBC and all this kind of so the chain reaction was because Bruce gave me this advice to say Basically, just do it for yourself, yeah. along with the fact that the Newtown Bar were saying, like, we've got a venue, you can do it here. Well, just to cut in, I think it's important that people realise mm-hmm. where we started, because it, it was in a basement. Oh, no, yeah, we need to say, <laughs> you know, I, can't I can't believe... I've skimmed by that for, whole for bummers. It oh, was, the basement yes, that Jimmy Quinn showed the dark showed me the dark room, <clears throat> and I saw that. I swear to God, he showed me when it had been refurbed, and there was a what looked like I thought was a, a a pole to hang your coats on. And I said, "Oh, is that like the cloakroom?" And he said, "No, that's where men stand and get sucked off." I was like, "Oh my god!" Oh my Jojo, god! It was even worse than that. My mum was, was down all, there, and oh. I was showing her around. She stuck her finger through a hole. She's like, "What's that for?" I was like, "Never get out there." It's for scented candles, Helen. It's for scented candles. I mean, to be fair on Jimmy, there was guys that came in in full boiler suits and industrially cleaned that place before we went down because he had to. And actually, do you not remember Bruce? Like, we ran. We only ran from the Monday to the Saturday, and on the Friday night when the show finished, all these dark curtains started to go up, and I was like, "Oh no, Jimmy, what what are you doing?" He said, well, I've got to, you know, I've got to have the dark room on tonight. It's a Friday. I mean, we've got two shows in here tomorrow. Oh Even, we'll God. give it a wee quick spray round. It'll be <gasps> fine. I was oh terrified in there the start A bit of French polishing. Oh, <laughs> Very briefly, Singing though, and spunk. Very briefly. Well, I'm trying to keep this high. Sorry. What I was going to say to you was, you mentioned earlier that Pop Idol was before social media. Knowing what you know about social media and some of the good and the bad experiences that we both had on social media, do you think you would enter into a show like that? No, not no. now. I oh, definitely really? wouldn't. And it's not and it's not because I didn't have the most incredible experience. I am so pro that part of my life. Like it did it, it completely enhanced my life. It changed my life. I loved the show, but it was also so beautifully innocent as well, you know. As much as there was a lot made about being the papers at the time and you know, they were even talking about it in Parliament, about the fact the way that because you know, you couldn't really speak about a woman or anyone now actually about the way that I was spoken about back yeah. then because you know, you had DJs saying, can't let that fat bastard get to number one again and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, and there was people that I just got hounded in the press for my weight. And, but again, it's really bizarre because it never really affected me because, again, it was just such a tiny part of mm-hmm. it because the good always outweighed the bad. And it was, I never, I've never got that stuff in real life ever. I was no just going to ask, has anybody ever said never. to you, come up to you and said, you know, anything no, regarding I, your weight? Never, ever, never. So it was I always in newspapers up, or kind of... It was always... I mean, this was like News of the World. Like yeah. said, it's absolute, you know, prime at this point, you know, and I was in the paper every other week and I was getting targeted by, you know, journalists and different things and columnists and all, all this kind of stuff. And again, it was like almost water off a duck's back because the, the beautiful side to this was the life that I got to lead. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I got to move to London and I had, you know... We got two million pounds after I won Pop Idol. That was beyond. And you lived in the same block of flats as Danny Minogue. Which, again, do you want anything more? I mean, bitch, please, preach. But the fact is is that... But did that make you want to lose weight because there was this criticism in the papers? Or did you just go sort it and go the other way? No, definitely. Because what had happened was that it was so bizarre. It was such a... It was such a lot to deal with in your mind because in one sense I took a you gotta remember it's 2003 I was 23 years old I took a disposable camera out of the bank with me to take a, a picture of my bank balance I, I could not believe the amount of money that was in it 
So in one sense, I had all this adoration from people I was meeting on the street. I had all the money you could ever want at mm-hmm. that time, but I had zero career. I had been dumped from my record label. 19 management just didn't know what to do with me whatsoever. You know, you couldn't market me. I wasn't going to sell eyelashes or clothes or merchandise or stuff like that, looking the way that I looked as far as they were concerned. So in one sense, they were like, you know, you should be really happy. You're living in London. You've got all this money. And I'm like... I have no one, I have no purpose, I don't really know what I'm doing, I want to be a singer. In a really bizarre way, I was better in Glasgow when I had 40 pence in my bank, when I was singing in the working men's clubs and I had all my pals around me and all this kind of stuff. And I think, I said, you know, this is all happening because I'm I'm overweight, I'm fat, I need to lose weight. If I lose weight, my life will be perfect. Mm. And which is why I then agreed to do the Gillian McKeith stuff at the time. And I didn't really know a lot about Gillian McKeith. And thank God I didn't. I guess I probably would never have agreed to do it because she was off her head. But and I, really, <laughs> I, but she, you know, I, I shouldn't really, really say that. But she, she was. She was. It's the she Be was, Honest podcast. <laughs> she was unhinged. I'll say that much for her right at the time. But she, so I just felt like if I lose all this weight, and I did, you know, I lost like over 10 stone and I went, I think I went for like a size 26 down to like a 12 or something, wow. which for me was really small. And it, it didn't make me happy. I mean, I was all, I was a lot healthier. You know, I think from a health point of view, it was an amazing thing to do. But the work didn't come flying mm. in. I didn't get record deals. I didn't, nothing really changed. Other than all people wanted to talk to me now was about my weight and I, I would let them because mm-hmm. that's what I was on the programme to talk about because I've just done this TV show. And so, so I think, mad that, that your weight should be anything to do with the fact that you're a singer. Do you know what I mean? I know, but it was just, it was that time. So you couldn't, my, people really believed what was in the magazines. You mm-hmm. picked up Heat or Closer or whatever, and it was gospel. It was in them. You read that now. I don't even know who, who does. I don't mm. know what kind of state the magazines are in and stuff now. But we all know. We're all savvy. We know that that's not real life. And I think that was bad enough. So can you imagine if you had social media on top of that mm. as well? Because I think <clears throat> by the time social media came along, I was a couple of steps ahead in terms of how to deal with it all and what I had dealt with in the past. So... I think the thing with social media is, is that I love it mm-hmm. and I it's an absolute necessity for my job, but I don't use social media anywhere near to the way I probably should use it. I mean, my Instagram is just boring. You know, it's just got, a, I post every two or three months. I don't mm. post a lot. I don't overshare. Like Bruce knows there's lots of personal stuff that's happened to me that I would never talk about publicly yeah. because why would I? It's just and also it's nobody else's business. Well, exactly. And because I still drink, I can't remember what she's told me. No, so, exactly. Yeah. So it's a win-win situation. But you know, but the thing is, I'm not that one. I'm not that kind of person. Like if I if work dries up for me and stuff, I mean, I have never posted a picture of my children online. I posted one picture when Harry was born, one picture when Nicholas was born, just so there was a picture out there. Nobody mm-hmm. would ask us. The offers I got when both those kids were when I announced my pregnancies, and I'm somebody I would consider not to be, you know, massively famous or in the public eye, but I had magazines phoning me, people, and it was obscene amounts of money for me to do deals, oh, and we be just said, no, wouldn't it? Oh, you, you think Jojo, but you wouldn't. I mean, mm. oh, I would never put my babies. I would never do it. I couldn't. Knowing what I know, want to know the color of your hoop. <laughs> and they do, they want to know everything. <laughs> but they do, I, mean, yeah. I remember you telling, because I was like, do it, do yeah, it, I'm needing a loan of money. And uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she said, honestly, the questions they ask, and I, I genuinely, I couldn't believe it. Um, you know, I'm, I know Lorraine Kelly, so, you know, I know what it's like to be an A-lister. But I just, I couldn't do it to them, honestly. No, I mean, and again, social media is great. Once you know, once you're in a place where social Listen, social, everyone uses social media differently, completely differently. But, um, you know, for me, it's a place of chatting to folk, talking about my work, 
it's not a place for me to show off my children and chat and, and, and yeah. talk about really personal and stuff. And also because we know how social media works and it can turn against you and people can reinterpret it and, you know, it's, yeah, it's just can be yeah. vile. Even my dog had to get rid of her Twitter account. It just became <laughs> too, <laughs> too much. Too much. Sue, so, thank you so much for joining us today. Pleasure. This has been gorgeous. Really enjoyed that. Where can we see you? Can we see you somewhere live soon? You'll be able to hear so we- I'll be able to hear her. So yeah, so we're going to various film got a new series of our lives kicking off this year again. So we'll start recording that in April, and uh, hopefully Bruce and I are going to be writing again. We've got our Christmas shows coming back, the Winter Wonderland shows at Christmas. We do um, huge big shows in Glasgow. It's like Christmas has vomited all over the top. It was a sensational choir. They're amazing. Um, I can't make those dates. It. By the way, I'm out the country. <laughs> You're what you can. You can. Make <laughs> you will. He will it, make those dates. There's bloody more than a bottle of Hendrix in it for you now, love. As you find out. Well, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm on royalties. I'm technically no, get, getting, back, getting back into work and being a mummy and being my family and just, you know, just being really lucky and blessed what what that last 19 years have brought and just excited to see what that what will come next. Well, you're looking bloody well on it, Mrs. It's a delight no, to see you. And you too. And thank you so much. I'm so by the way, I'm over the moon. The podcast is amazing. It's great that you guys are doing this. I we will are be a bit daft, to drop off we? some rusks for the boys soon. Lovely. Can't wait. The boys can't wait to see you. Okay. Lots of love. Lots of love. Lots of love. See you guys later. Speak thank to you. Soon. Toodles soon. Bye. Godspeed. Bye bye. bye.